Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Shelby. We're in a series called Insanity. Insanity is defined as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. This series is about changing our habits in order to bring God more glory with our lives. We hope you enjoy week four. We are in week four of uh, our series called Insanity. And so if you don't know really what that is, if maybe this is your first week or maybe you've forgotten because you don't even remember what uh, you had for breakfast this morning like most of you guys. Um, here, I want to remind you what we're talking about with insanity. I have a picture of my good friend. We know each other. We go way back. Albert Einstein. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have a picture with a quote. That's, yeah, that's me though. You know what I'm saying? So it says, I'm just kidding. There he is. There's my guy, Al. Um, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And so our plan with this series is we began it in the new year and we were thinking, hey, maybe some of you guys have New Year's resolutions. Maybe you have some habits that um, you want to create or maybe you have some habits that you want to break. And so maybe whenever in the past you've tried to break some habits, maybe you have a vice in your life or something like that um, and you keep trying to end it, but it doesn't quite work. And you're like, so you just try the same thing. You're like, well, maybe I'll just try harder this time. And it doesn't work. And you find yourself in this constant loop of just insanity, of trying the exact same thing and expecting a different result. Um, Honestly, I didn't have to show this clip that I'm about to show, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. Has anybody seen Big Hero 6? Come on. I was expecting like some of y'all to be like, yes, I've seen Big Hero 6. Can everybody do their best Baymax? Hello. Say, hello. Hello. Yeah, that's what Baymax does. Big Hero 6, incredibly underrated movie. We're going to watch this, uh, this video from Big Hero 6. W- let me set this up for you. Let me set this up for you um, for Big Hero 6. What we're about to watch is like toward the end of the movie, and these nerds have become superheroes. And I'm sorry, that was insensitive, but they have. All these, these college students have become superheroes and they use their science projects and they're, they're fighting crime and all this stuff. And all of a sudden they're like, their go-to move, their superpower has been taken from them. And they're like, literally, I was thinking through this and this is pretty dark. Like if they don't figure out a way out of this, like they're gonna die. It's like intense. I know like we don't think about that with Disney, but let's watch this. If they don't find their way out of here, they're gonna die. But let's, let's see what happens. Let's watch. Yeah, come on, Big Hero 6. Yeah. No, um, I do think about that movie. Did y'all catch what he said um, in the very beginning? I know it was a little muffled. Um, Hey, we have to find a new angle is what he said. You know, they're all here and they're all stuck in these positions. They're struggling and they're like, oh, we're stuck. And then he realizes he can just pull his arms out. But like they're all stuck because they've been neutralized. And he says, find a new angle. And as we've been going through this series, our encouragement for each of us is to find a new angle. Maybe you're continuing trying to get out of this this vice in your life, this thing that has a grip on you, this sin. Maybe you want to start something and you keep starting and you fail. Maybe you start reading your Bible and after like day five, you're like, what was I, supposed to? oh, I forgot. Maybe I'm just over. Like, but you keep doing the exact same thing, right? The goal for us guys is to find a new angle. And Shelby kicked us off in week one and the goal was to find this thing that is the vice in our lives. And y'all remember you wrote it down on a black sheet of paper and you brought it down to the altar and then we, in week two, three, and four, we started to introduce this new angle to you guys. Okay, so Grayson talked about repentance, which we learned repentance is if I'm going this way, it's literally taking a stand and turning away from what I'm doing. 
And so we have repentance. And then Randy last week, he talked about um, accountability. And he talked about companionship and how we need companionship in the Christian life, right? And so we have this picture of we're in our sin, we're going toward our sin, and we take a step away. We have our companions, we hold hands with them, and now where do we go? That's what we're going to talk about today. Because if we just stand here holding hands with people, it gets awkward really fast, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, where are we going? If you're not walking anywhere, it's just weird. I'm already uncomfortable not even holding anybody's hands. You know what I'm saying? We have to have somewhere we're going to go, okay? And that's what I want to that's what I want to dive into today. If you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 6, and we're going to jump around a little bit. And Grayson alluded to this earlier. It's going to be different tonight because one of the goals in, in this series was to make room for you guys to respond and for you guys to actually put into practice what we talk about. And so my goal is not to teach very long, but my goal is to make room for you guys to respond in what we're going to talk about. John chapter 6, picking up in verse 66, and I said that, saw that, and I was like, there are so many verses in John chapter 6. That is unreal. John chapter 6, what you see is Jesus, where we pick up, Jesus just got done teaching this message, okay? And Jesus has a bunch of disciples. I know, how many disciples does Jesus have? Yes, but he has a lot more than 12. We don't really realize that. He has 12 main disciples, but he has a lot of other disciples, okay? Here's the deal. Jesus preaches this message, and the, a lot of his disciples begin to be like, uh, I can't follow that guy anymore. I'm out, okay? And that's where we pick up, okay? Verse 66. It was probably a little bit uh, more eloquent than uh, but whatever. Verse 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? What a powerful moment. A bunch of Jesus' disciples are walking away, and he turns and looks at his 12 disciples, and he says, so what about you guys? Are you going to go, or are you going to follow me? Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, this is so powerful, guys. Lord, to whom shall we go? He says, to whom shall we go? If we were to leave you, where would we go? Understand this about the disciples at this moment, guys. Okay, the disciples have come to this point. They repented. They turned away from their lifestyle, right? They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They had all these things. They repented. They have companionship. They have 12 disciples. And now, literally, Peter is saying, the only place for me to go is with you, is to the Father. And so our question of where do we go next, where do I go next, is to the Father, is to Christ, and for Peter, James, John, these 12 disciples, this was a very easy thing to do. He's like, where are we going to go? And he's like, we live with you, Jesus. You know, like we're with you all the time. You know what I'm saying? For us, we don't walk on this earth with Christ, but how we do spend time with Christ is worship him. And so we talked about repentance. We talked about accountability. And the third piece of our puzzle to breaking habits, to get out of this cycle of insanity is worship. Whenever I say worship, I know a lot of you have different opinions of what that word is. Everybody look at me right now. I feel like, I feel like there's some, something stirring right here. I don't know. A lot of you guys have a different opinion of the word worship. So I want you to do, I want you to look at your neighbor, because I'm curious what you think of when I say the word worship. You have 30 seconds. Talk to your neighbor and, say, and give your definition of worship. Go. 30 seconds. Okay, I want to hear. I want to hear from two people, a girl and a guy. Sean, what is worship? 
Sean, what is worship? I, I'm so sorry. It sounded so good. I heard Romans 12, and then I heard nothing, bro. I'm so sorry. You said Romans 12, where he talks about sacrificing yourself. Is that it? Present, yourself as a Present your body as a living sacrifice. That's so good. Cool. This is your true and spiritual worship. Dang, that's pretty good. Next one, a girl, a girl. Somebody have one? It's okay. I'm not going to spend all day. Bella, what's worship? Glorifying God, praying, singing, things like that. Awesome. Here's what I want to do. The actual definition of worship, and we think in this, this Christian setting, we think in this um, biblical setting, but I, the, the definition of worship is to attribute worth to someone or something. And so what we don't realize is we can worship a lot of different things, right? We can worship a lot of different things, but to attribute what is it? To attribute worth to someone or something. Let's look at the Bible. I have another passage. We'll be flipping a little bit today. Um, in Luke chapter 10, there's this instance where there's two people who go to worship God in their own way. And God looks at, Jesus looks at them and says, one of you is right, one of you is wrong. And I just want to see what the Bible has to say, what Jesus has to say about what our worship should look like. Because here's the deal, guys. Man, y'all are restless tonight. There's like 80 conversations. Everybody look at me. Y'all are distracting me. Y'all are distracting me tonight. I'm gonna let you know. Here's the deal. The Bible, Jesus has a way. He will tell us what worship is. I think there's a lot of us in this room who come into this place and we don't really know what worship is. We come into this place and we're like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be a bystander in worship. I'm just gonna sing songs and that's worship, Right? but it's to attribute worth to someone. In our sense, it's to attribute worth to God, and there's a lot of ways to do that. Let's look at how people do it in the Bible and how some people do it but shouldn't do it. It's in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I'm gonna read the whole thing through real fast, and then we're gonna go back. It's really short. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus, I know him, Jesus entered a village, and when a woman named Martha, okay, we have Martha and Jesus, welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary. Are you following along? We have Mary, Martha, and Jesus. Super complicated, not really. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? I feel like she's like, I'm sorry. It's in my brain. I feel like she's like chewing gum in that moment. She's like, do you not care? Like, I don't know. I know she's not, okay? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so I want to dive into just three of these verses real fast and think, what should our worship look like? Or what is true about worship? Because that's a word we use a lot. We use a lot. We literally say it almost every announcement. We're like, hey, guys, let's worship. And there's some of y'all in this room, you don't know what, what worship is. You know, if we're not careful, we'll let this world dictate what worshiping God looks like. And I want to be very clear about what it is. In verse 39, we have Martha, we have Jesus, and it says this. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. If you're not careful, you can run by that passage very quickly. Y'all know, I know y'all hate English class. I know all of you do, except for the weird kids like me who liked English class. But sat... Sat is, what is the part of speech? No, it's a, ver it's a verb. Yeah, it's, it's a verb. Yeah, not what tense it. It's a verb. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, so it is, a, is that, yeah, it's a verb. So 
Here's the thing about, that I know about verbs, is that verbs are actions. And if we're not careful, we'll look at Mary and her decision to go sit at Jesus and act like it just kind of happened. We'll be like, oh, she was just in that room with Jesus and... I mean, here's the deal. None of y'all have ever sat down on accident, right? That's called falling. You know what I'm saying? She came and she sat down at the feet of Jesus. And here's what I want to tell you about worship, okay? Don't miss this. Worship, I don't want to mess up the wording because I definitely will. Worship is an active response to God. Worship is an active response to God. Guys, there is so many people who can walk into this room week in, week out, and never worship God. Because you come in, you sit down, you're here. Yes, you did the action of getting here, but you never do business with God because you haven't placed yourself in that position. You see where Mary placed herself? She placed herself at the feet of Jesus. And what was she doing? She was intently listening to his teaching. And some of us in this room, guys, we just come into this room and we don't position ourselves in the right place. Here's what God wants you to know. is that this Worship is an active response. And each of us in this room, getting here is the first step, yes, but go further and worship God. You can, some of y'all are worshiping God right now, listening to the teaching of his word, not my teaching, listening to his word. Some of y'all, that is worship, that you have placed worth on God because you've taken your time on Wednesday night to be here to hear this message. That's huge. Now, are you in here? Are you distracting people? Are you, are you being a distraction to everybody around you? I don't know. Are you being a passive worshiper, which really isn't a worshiper, or an active worshiper, right? How are you worshiping when you come to this place? The next one, it's because there's three people, right? We have Mary. Jesus made it clear. Mary's doing a good job. Great job, Mary. Verse 40, but Martha, sad, but Martha was distracted with, with much serving. I can't get past that word distracted. Martha literally, don't miss this. Martha had the king of kings in her living room, and she was distracted and I know for us, we can be like, man, what an idiot. <laughs> like, Jesus is right there, and you missed him. And here's the reality, students, is because we have the Holy Spirit here. Everywhere we go, we have the, an audience with Jesus, and we are the idiots because we miss it, because we come and we're distracted with all the other things, with all the other things. And she goes, she goes on to say, remember, she, I mentioned, it sounds like she's chewing gum, which I know she's not. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to Jesus. She goes up to Jesus and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And here's what I want to tell you about worship that Martha gets wrong. Worship is not about you. Who, how you worship, when you worship, Worship is not about you. If you ever come into this place and worship is about you, you are no longer worshiping Jesus. Does that make sense? Martha, in this moment, Martha didn't have necessarily bad intentions. She was serving. If some of y'all were out there serving, doing the dishes for your parents, you know, I'd be like, great job, right? She wasn't doing bad things, but it was about her because she was worried about her image. And some of y'all come into this room some of y'all come to Wednesday night. Some of y'all come to Sunday morning Bible study, and you have this idea that you have to be perfect, you used to tidy yourself up before you go to worship, right? That, hey, like God doesn't know who you are. Can we read the next passage? The next verse says this in verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. He's like, Martha, you're not fooling anybody. And like, he's like, Martha, Martha, he's loving on her. He says, Martha, you are troubled and you're anxious. I know what's going on in your heart. 
I know. And so you can try all you want to come in this room and get your life all fixed up before you come in here and you can put on a face for all of us, but please know that if you wanna come worship God, it is not about you. It's not about how you have it all together because none of us do, including myself. We talked about that in high school Bible study last weekend. None of us have it together, right? And that's okay because when we come to worship, we are worshiping someone who has everything together and he holds everything together. Worship is not about you. I will encourage you, if you worship in this room and you find it being about you, take a second, take a breather and take a step back and say, God, get me out of this. Get me out of this, it's all about you. And then we're gonna finish up reading. He says, Martha, you're anxious, you're troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. And I have this, um, I have this quote here. I didn't come up with it because I'm not super smart, I promise. Um, but it's gonna seem super dramatic, but if we can catch this, it will radically change our lives. I do want you to know that. It's this, that worship is a matter of the heart, not a matter of the art. Did you catch that? Worship is a matter of the heart, not a matter of the art. What I want you guys to know is that Sometimes we come into this place and we're not positioning ourselves correctly, not positioning our hearts correctly. Martha was worried about her art. She was worried about how she was coming off toward Jesus. And what was Mary worried about? She was literally sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching. Some of y'all, I, I hear it. Some of y'all are like, beach retreat worship? Man, beach retreat worship is amazing. I want to tell y'all something. The only thing amazing about Beach Retreat Worship, the only thing amazing about Beach Retreat Worship is that we have a thousand students who have traveled across the country and their heart is for, serve, is for worshiping Jesus in that moment. It's not the lights. It's not the good singers. It's not any of that. What it is is that we have a tons of people in one room who are serious about getting down and worshiping Jesus. And I want to tell you, every single one of us have that same opportunity week in and week out, because God is not changing. What is changing is the position of our heart, and we put all of this, here's the deal, there's nothing wrong with art. There's nothing wrong with Luis and the band and them doing a great job with the lights or anything like that. I'm all about fun. I'm all about a great atmosphere. But if we, if it's all about the atmosphere, it's like, I can't worship to that. How many of y'all, y'all know our 930 service? You're like, I can't worship in 930 service. I don't like those songs. It's like, what? Do you not like that God that you're singing to anyway? You know what I'm saying? That's a question you have to ask yourself. It's not about the art. It's not about the type of art. It's not about the mode that you're, that you're worshiping through. As worship comes in a lot of ways. It comes in singing. It comes in giving back. It gives in serving. It gives in your money. It gives in, you can worship God in many ways. You can worship God by yourself while you're reading your Bible. Does your worship look the same while you're reading the Bible? Or is it as focused on God as it is when you're in this room with a lot of people? Or is it focused on yourself, right? So I mentioned this is gonna look different. I'm, I'm already done because I'm gonna come back up in a second. We're gonna sing a song. I wanna make room for us to worship tonight. Okay, I'll have Randy come up. We can get this ready. Um, I wanna make room for us to worship tonight because I don't want you to hear this message about worship and be like, oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna try that out on Sunday. What I want you to do is I want you to be an active participant tonight. And that will look different for every single one of us, guys. Be an active participant in worship. We're gonna have, we have like a five-song set list after this. We have the opportunity to do business with God tonight. Please be active in that. Don't make it about you. Focus on me. Focus on me. Don't make it about you. 
and then focus on the heart of what is going on. This, these last few weeks, um, we, what we've been doing is we've been writing um, our vices, remember? We've been writing things that, hey, this habit I wanna break, look at me. We've been writing this habit that I wanna break on this black card, right? We've been doing that. And I think that's a great exercise because it's, it helps us to identify what it is. And I'll be honest, I think there's a part of that exercise, you know what would be insanity? Us doing that again for four straight weeks, doing the exact same thing. Because if, if y'all were being honest with me, if you've been here all four weeks, you've probably written the same thing down every week. You know what I'm saying? And guys, that's just insanity to come up and think you can drop down a sheet of paper and think, I'm good. In reality, guys, what's going on is you're picking up that sheet of paper, you're writing it down, and you're putting it down here at this altar, and then you're just like, all right, and you get up to leave, you're like, oh, wait, I forgot my piece of paper, I'm just gonna keep that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You're like, I'm gonna keep working on that myself. And guys, that doesn't cut it. Remember, it's repentance, it's community, and then it's going to the Father. Guys, if you don't go to the Father with your issues, with your struggles, with your habits, they will not change. They will not change. So we're gonna do something different tonight, okay? And hear me, the power is not in the art. We're about to do something, the power is not in the mode. This is not, these white sheets of paper are not magical. But what I, I will say is what we've done tonight I think there's a time where we're, we still have this shame. We've been writing on these black sheets of paper so that we can't see it anymore, so that nobody else can see it. And I want to, everybody's like freaking out right now. Look, nobody's going to read your white sheet of paper. It's a visual, okay? I promise you, I promise you, nobody's going to read your white sheet of paper. But I'm, I'm asking you, are you holding back? Because you're like, oh, I can write that down because nobody can see it. But I want you to see it when you write it down. I want you to be open. There's this passage in Ephesians. I just want you to listen to it, okay? Don't check out. Listen to this passage in Ephesians, verse eight. For at one time you were, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Listen, walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Listen to this. This is powerful. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them. Expose them. Guys, y'all have been wrestling with these things. It's time to bring these things into the light. And I'm not saying you have to get up here and be like, I struggle with the sexual sin. Look at me, here I am. That's not what we want. But what we do want, what I do believe there's power, what did we talk about last week, is there is accountability. And so you come to this place, maybe you are trying to repent and you're sitting there by yourself and you prayed with somebody last week, but it was kind of superficial because we told you to do it. And maybe now this week you're like, I'm gonna go to the Father and I'm gonna grab my friends and my, my friends who I trust and I'm gonna talk to them about this and they're gonna hold me accountable this time. We're gonna do this. And you get serious about it. That's when change happens, guys. If you wanna keep walking through the motions, you can keep walking through the motions. That's insanity though. That's insanity. And what we want to do tonight is we want to worship because we want to be vulnerable with God. Okay? So I'll challenge you to do that tonight. I'm going to keep reading this because I, I cut it off. Exposed in verse 12. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, don't miss this. This is so beautiful. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Man, how many people in this room need to be shined on? By Christ. Man, that sounds awesome, <laughs> right? Bring it into the light today. 